0: Disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult topics and themes. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up The sign, seal kiss and deliver you, shiver you up I'm just a popcorn dreaming gonna red and black and butter you up I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of Here She Comes, Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller. I'm your host, Jasmine Aziz. On the last episode, I detailed the ridiculous fight that Lammy and I had at my sister's going away party. It's interesting how one act can create a chain of events that involve so many other people. My decision to move to Toronto to be with him meant that someone else had to run the store. We had to sell the childhood home I grew up in, and I had to learn a new trade when things fell apart and I needed to find a way to pay for rent for the first time in my life. But of course, as life goes, you can't see where things are going when you're in the thick of it. Only when you set about to write your memoirs and the pieces that make up your personal puzzle take shape, well, then you get to see the bigger picture. Now when I look back and I think about the ludicrous situations I found myself in with Lammy, it isn't any wonder that I tried to break it off more than a few times. As I stood in front of the room full of middle-aged women, I felt another one of those crazy stories bubble back up to the surface. Maybe it was the late summer heat or the wafts of mixed perfumes swirling all around the room as the standing fans blew the air around me that had me transporting back to so many of my memories that had led me to the point where I was in front of these women. Women in their 50s seemed to have more of their personal angst sorted out. There was a quiet confidence about them, an acceptance that I envied. They looked comfortable in their own skin, but it later dawned on me Maybe they were too comfortable. I had the sense they were in need of being jarred out of their stagnation and were at the exact point in their lives that they could accept the message for change that I was bringing them. If only I could accept it for myself. I launched into my crotchless panties pitch. I put the white demo pair over my black pants and before I could espouse their virtues, they all seemed to get very angry at me and wave me forward. Crotchless is fun, I promise! I said, I'm not paying a full price tag for a piece of gitch that's missing a piece. One of the ladies said, who the hell wants a piece of string up their ass? I can tell you from my own personal experience that wearing something crotchless is a fascinating trick on your brain. Your brain knows you're wearing something, but it's confused because there's this breezy hole where the fabric should be. Move along, Jazzy, Marla said. We're in our 50s. Half of us wouldn't even find the panties between our cracks, and our Mr. Magoo husbands sure as hell wouldn't go looking for them. Can you even imagine Derek's face if he came home and saw me in those? That old fart would have to take out his magnifying glass just to find the opening, stupid old fart. Another woman, emptying the contents of the third wine bottle to go around, chimed in, Yeah, and I can just imagine my Lenny's face. If he saw my wrinkled up button nose, he'd probably start chewing on my folded up thigh fat for an hour before he realized he wasn't even close to the zone. There was no hooping and hollering, just quiet acceptance. I studied them closely and wondered if it was a good time for me to share my own story of crotchless adventures or if it would be wholly lost on them. A few months into dating Lammy, I had begun to really enjoy the two-hour drive to Montreal. The quiet time I got to spend with myself afforded me the opportunity to sort out my thoughts, listen to the music I liked, and just generally enjoy spending time alone. Before leaving one particular trip, I decided to give him a sexy surprise. When I had been in the sex shop trying on the latex outfits, I noticed a wall of pantyhose and fishnets that looked sexy as hell on the package models. I wanted to buy one, but didn't have the nerve at the time. I told my mother about my idea to cut the crotch out of a pair of pantyhose and wear it to surprise Lammy. Yes, you heard that right, my mother. Since my sewing skills were minimal, she offered to help me stitch a pair, so I picked up some regular nylons and we started cutting and sewing. It was a nice summer weekend. I had packed up my things for the overnight stay and headed off on the highway to Montreal. There was a truck stop about 20 minutes from where Lammy lived that I liked to use to break up my journey. I veered off the highway and went into the ladies' room to slip on the nylons and change my track pants to a short skirt. Just the act of walking to the car started to arouse me. I felt like every person in the vicinity was acutely aware of my heightened sexual aura. That, or they were just staring at the woman who was giggling to herself like an idiot. I sat back down in my car and slowly made my way to his place. By the time I got there, I was fully aroused and ready to go. The sensation of the open air against my skin coupled with the friction the seam of my skirt was causing had me ready to pounce on Lammy the moment I laid eyes on him. But what I was greeted with was a surly expression and his face covered in small pieces of toilet paper. What happened to you? I cut myself shaving. I even cut my fucking lip. I'm so pissed right now. I dropped my bag off in his apartment and we headed out in his sports car to get dinner. He mumbled about how horrible his day was and drove with excessive speed. At one point, I stopped thinking about how badly things had gone from my original vision of that night to wondering what the paramedics would think when they found my dead body mangled up in his car, my crotch hanging out for everyone to see. Lammy, do you have to drive so fast? He didn't respond. He had found himself in a drag race on the highway with a very large grey truck that kept angling to cut us off. Both cars ended up on the off-ramp side by side when Lammy looked over and started shouting in French at the gigantic black driver of the truck. I could see the other driver shouting back, pushing his girlfriend aside to get his digs in about Lammy's driving. And then Lammy unclicked, his seat belt. Suddenly my vision from that night went from mangled up car wreckage to explaining to the police how my boyfriend had been killed in an act of road rage and then needing to hand over my hold up pantyhose and other clothes as I was arrested and questioned. Lammy's hand went on the handle of his door at the same time the other driver began to take off his belt and make his move. Just as Lammy put his fingers on the latch, I saw the girlfriend of the black man turn her head and say something to him, which caused him to stop abruptly and sit back in the car. And just like that, it was over. Lammy wheeled the car aggressively off the main road and seethed the entire time we ate dinner at the restaurant. We barely spoke as the Indian food arrived at our table. The server gave me a look at one point in which I think she was asking if I was okay, all with her eyes. I was mortified by his behavior. The tickle between my legs had turned into a nuisance and felt more like chafing than arousal. We got back into his car and he drove me to a dessert place around the corner from where we had had dinner. As the server left with my order of a piece of Toblerone cheesecake, Lammy leaned over and kissed me tenderly on the mouth. I haven't kissed you since I saw you. I watched his entire demeanor change. His massive shoulders came down from around his ears, and his chest receded from its puffed-up state. You were acting like a real dick back there, I said as the cheesecake arrived. I couldn't kiss you when you first showed up because of that cut on my lip. I'm sorry. I lost all my anger, feelings of embarrassment, and disgust at him as the cheesecake hit my lips. The divine smoothness, the simple magnificence of that exquisite dessert had me moaning and almost licking the plate. He held my hand as he drove us back to the apartment. When we got in, it was late. I was tired, fat, and full. All I wanted to do was go to sleep. We sat on the sofa watching some television, his arms around me and his head on my head. We started to kiss, and as his hand went up my skirt, I watched his eyes grow two sizes. I could almost see the wheels turning in his mind. He knew I was wearing nylons, and yet somehow he had access to my flesh. What? But how? I'm wearing crotchless nylons, I said, and watched him take the entire situation in. I've been a real dick tonight. I'm sorry, baby he said, and began to lift my skirt up higher to see my pantyhose masterpiece. It was that night that he made love to me without ever taking his eyes off my face. He was more gentle and slow than ever before and so fixated on me that I squirmed uneasily under his gaze. So it wasn't the night I had planned. It wasn't even to be a night I'd have with him ever again, but one thing was for sure, it would be a night I'd never forget. I decided against going through the rest of the lingerie with the women. I opted instead to ease my way into the product line, stopping to make definitive points about how each one could be used to enhance their personal sense of self. By the time I was at the toys, I had found my stride and was able to find ways to relate to them without being condescending or irreverent. I pulled out the $100 toy. Marla knew to dim the lights before it came out. It was the crowning spectacle to my show and capped the evening beautifully. That's it for me, ladies. I want to thank you for being such a great crowd and remind you that every $100 purchase, you get this free gift. Jasmine, the woman with the turquoise scarf interrupted. Spending $100 isn't really feasible for us. We're all mothers, you know. That money could be spent on a million different things. I paused and made eye contact with each one of them. Why is it that we, as women, are so ready to drop money on our kids and our husbands and the house, but we won't spend it on ourselves without having a hundred different ways to justify it? If you buy yourself something that truly makes you happy, aren't you then going to make everyone else around you happy as well? They want to see you happy. They want you to enjoy your life. When you're putting yourself first, you're actually putting them first. A happy woman makes a happy household. Am I right? There were a few tender nods. I wasn't expecting a round of hoots and applause like I was Malcolm X, or in this case, Malcolm Sex, but a bit of enthusiasm would have helped. It didn't seem to matter. It couldn't be taken down from my soapbox. Get yourself something that's just for you, ladies. Don't wait for someone else to figure out what you want. You know what you want. Get it for yourself and take the pressure off them. That way, you can really enjoy your time with them and not have the expectation that everyone else around you will be able to read your mind and give you what you want. Just take what you want and be happy. I knew I wasn't talking to them. I was talking to myself. I paused to try to get some kind of reaction. There was none. Well, thank you, ladies, again, and thanks to Marla for being such a great hostess. I'll be in the sales room to take your orders, and please remember what you buy is your business. You don't have to show anyone your purchases unless you want to. I bowed gently and smiled. Before I was fully standing straight, they began to applaud and whistle. I could hear them clapping when I turned my head back and started to dismantle my display. You are the best consultant I have ever seen, one woman said. No one is like you. You are incredible, another said. You should run the company. You're so sweet and so approachable. I feel like I can tell you anything. And they did. They told me about their broken relationships with their daughters. They told me about their strained communications with their mothers. They told me they hadn't had sex in years with their husbands and would have left were it not for the kids. One by one, they told me their life stories. I listened and held their hands and some of them cried. Some were just happy to be in the sales room with me making an order. And those were the ones who were still sexually active and still in love with their partners, their children, well-adjusted souls who were contributing to society. That night, though, they all had one thing in common. The desire to treat themselves to whatever they wanted. Marla, I keep looking at the sales figures and staring. I can't believe it. I've added it up four times. You had an incredible party. Your total is $1,750. It's my highest party to date. Jazzy, honey, you've changed so much since the party you did at Brenda's. You're even better. You are really good at this. I'm just so happy that things are working out for you and your beau. Maybe it was the fatigue and the fact that it was close to 1 a.m. when Marla came in as the last sale, but I started to cry. I'm glad you had a good time, I sobbed. What's wrong, baby? Marla pulled me into her chest and stroked my hair. I could smell roast beef on her apron. Nothing. I'm just tired. I'm just really tired. It's been a long night. In my head, I added, My family hates my boyfriend and I'm probably making the biggest mistake of my life moving to Toronto to be with him. I couldn't find the words to share my own story with Marla, even after so many of her guests had shared their very souls with me. Marla didn't push. She held my hand while I sobbed and once I collected myself, she placed her order. Her husband, Jill, had come home and quietly helped me carry my bags to the car. He's a quiet one, Marla said to me as she watched him, but he's a good one. We watched him gingerly close the trunk of my car and pass me back my keys. He smiled softly at his wife, and they exchanged a glance that, though it was only a split second long, spoke volumes of the lifetime of love and respect they had for each other. I envied their quiet but solid affection. Thanks for the great night. Almost two grand. Hard to believe when I walked in. I thought it was barely a $400 party. What did I tell you, Jazzy Baby? Marla said, extending her embrace to me. It's all about the levels. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying my podcast, I really hope you are. Please be sure to subscribe and review it. Feel free to reach out to me via social media. I'm on Instagram, Jasmine underscore Aziz. I'm on Twitter, Jasmine Aziz, YouTube, yes, YouTube, and I'm on Facebook. Or you can email me, jasmine at jasmineaziz.com. Until next time, remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it, because here she comes. I'm just a popcorn dreaming, going to back a you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up.